Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. A quick reminder before we dive into today's episode, the deadline to sign up for the next session of the Forward Mentor Program is Friday, September 6th. So it's coming up. Don't miss your opportunity to be part of Forward's 10-week program connecting Christian women in the workplace with mentors who share their beliefs and can support their goals. Our mentor-mentee pairs are handpicked according to the mentee's goals and current hurdles that they'd like getting help over. Programs similar to ours cost between $800 and $1,300, but the Forward Mentor Program starts at just $249. <laughs> Mentees who have gone through our program routinely tell us about the life-changing impact their time with their mentor has provided, and in some cases professionally, that impact can be measured by thousands of dollars of improved income as a result of their mentorship. To sign up for the upcoming session of the Forward Mentor Program, visit our website, forwardwomen.org mentor, or you can just visit the homepage and click on mentor program at the top. Again, the deadline to sign up is Friday, September 6th. And if you're listening after this deadline has passed, you can actually still sign up for a future session. So just check out our website um, for more information about when the next class will be. So switching gears to today's topic, influencing your community. A huge portion of Forward's foundation is focused on creating a global community of Christian women in the workplace. We know and understand the value and incredible importance of having a solid community in place in your life. The thing about community, though, is that it powerfully influences your life, both positively and unfortunately, sometimes negatively. So are there ways you can safeguard your community against becoming a source of negativity in your life? Maybe, but it all depends on you and a little in a little but mighty notion, values. <laughs> so joining me today is Dina Dwyer-Owens. Dina is the brand ambassador of Neighborly, which was formerly Dwyer Group. America also knows her for participating in CBS's Emmy-winning hit reality show, Undercover Boss. How cool. <laughs> Dina is a certified franchise executive with more than 35 years of industry experience and 15 years as CEO of Dwyer Group. That business, now known as Neighborly and headquartered in Waco, Texas, is the world's largest parent company of 22 home service brands and nearly 3,700 franchise owners in nine countries. Dina is the author of two books, Live Rich and Values, Inc., that both share her global message for living and leading with a proven code of values. Dina has also been part of the Forward community for a few years now, and we greatly appreciate her support of our organization. And today, I am especially appreciative of her sharing her wisdom with us on values and how they can influence your community. So, Dina, thank you so much for taking time to chat today. I imagine your schedule is very full. <laughs> thank you, Jordan. I am blessed to be with you. So this month on the Forward blog, we are talking about how to influence your community, like I said. And, you know, Forward deeply understands community's potential value, especially especially for women in the workplace. So for you personally, what does community mean? It's so interesting. So when I think about our new brand name for our company, Neighborly, mm -hmm. uh, community and Neighborly just go hand in hand. Oh, so yeah. it's community is all about um, being surrounded by people you can trust that will help you in your time of need, but also um, community to me means people who are willing to be tough on you mm. uh, when you need to hear things that maybe you don't want to hear. And that's not my favorite part of community, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very important. You, you stated earlier too, sometimes communities can become negative and that's not helpful. So it's mm -hmm. the, the kind of community I'm talking about is one again, that, that picks you up when you needed to be picked up, but also is willing to give you the tough love uh, when you need to, when you need to hear that tough love, mm. uh, but not one who is uh, negative or pessimistic. Um, so 
I, I feel like I'm just involved in community every day, whether I'm here at um, the neighborly headquarters in Waco, Texas, or I'm out and about. We just came off of our annual reunion for neighborly. We were in San Antonio, Texas with about 2,200. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and there are team members, and it's just a beautiful thing that uh, that to me is, is, I call it family. So, you know, community uh, in my mind still um, includes family and that's, you know, my direct family, but also just the family that we've created here with our neighborly brands. And then um, outside of the neighborly brands, just in this beautiful town of Waco that I've been for almost 45 years now, I'm just blessed by so many um, different groups that I consider community. The higher up the corporate ladder a person goes, um, what we found at least at Forward is the more isolated they may feel. Um, and we actually launched a C-level event last year for women that are in this exact position to kind of come together, find community. So has it been difficult for you to find and build a community at any point in your professional career? That's a really interesting question. And and I'm in a different role today since uh, about Five and a half years ago, I promoted my brand president to now CEO, and he's doing an amazing job. Of course, he's more than doubled the size of the business since he's took over. So it was probably a good thing I did that. <laughs> but, you know, now I'm in a, in a part-time uh, role as the brand ambassador for the company. And there are days, I mean, where I, I'm literally in my office by myself, and I don't have big meetings to attend. I don't have groups of people to lead. Um, and it's a, it's a strange thing versus those who are, are still in leadership positions and, you know, they're relying maybe on their advisory board to help them. So I, I really have not found it that difficult to find community because I've been somebody who's been a collaborator all my life. Mm. And I guess my, my greatest confidence, um, Jordan, probably like a lot of the listeners comes from, my community within my church. Oh, mm-hmm. and I'm a uh, daily mass attendee. So I'm somebody who needs to be fed daily <laughs> on the spiritual side of things. And I don't do a really good job of that by myself sitting at home. I'm much better than I used to be now that I, my kids are not at home anymore. But I, I find that where I get the greatest confidence is when I just spend quiet time with God. And, you know, that's that uh, wonderful support. But outside of that, um, uh, I'm blessed here at Neighborly with just amazing people, men and women, who are part of my community. And when times have gotten difficult, I've I've never been afraid to reach out because sometimes it does get difficult within, you know, the inside of your community that you're used to. And I've had to reach outside of that before and get um, direction, uh, whether that's through a spiritual <laughs> advisor or another mentor that's outside of our company. So I think maybe one of the biggest lessons is uh, as women in particular, we can't be afraid ask for help when Mm -hmm. things aren't going right in whatever current community we're part of that maybe is the core community and we need to really reach out and not be afraid to ask for help. And I love your mentor program because I think it's a wonderful way for women to get the help outside of their, um, again, core community. And sometimes we need that. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Now, something you're passionate about and have built an entire business environment around is values. What role can and should values play in community? Values are the foundation for success. I'm Mm. just convinced. Here we are, a 38-year-old company at Neighborly. And, uh, you know, we survived the death of our founder, who was the real entrepreneur and driver of this business initially. And I would say values 
values are what have held us together. And I think the most important part of the values are the leaders have to really believe the values and strive to lead with the values day in and day out. I call it keeping front and center, keeping your values front and center. And uh, one of the ways I'd advise folks to think about doing that is, first of all, getting clarity about your values. And I, I do have a Create Your Culture workbook. Uh, Jordan, that they can download for free at my website, dinadwyerowens.com. If if they've got their values written, but maybe they haven't taken it to the next level, or maybe they haven't even started, that Create Your Culture Workbook can help them um, from step one to step six, wherever they're at in the process. But one of the greatest things is to create a system around your values once they're identified. And the system is the reminder of who we are and how we operate. And that would be personally, so we should know what our personal values are, but also as a leader of an organization. And what we've done here at Neighborly is anytime we have a meeting of three or more of our team members or our franchisees, we actually slow down at the beginning of the meeting and we will review our values. Sometimes we'll review all 15. And I know that sounds like a lot, but it really is 15 um, accountability statements that fall under the categories of respect, integrity, customer focus, and having fun. And that spells rich. So we say we live rich here at Neighborly. And below each one of those core areas of values, we have very specific um, value statements or accountability statements, you might call them, that tell us what we mean by, you know, respect. So when we have these meetings at three or more, it's that take that deep breath and remind ourselves this is who we are and this is how we are to deal with one another. And when we do that, uh, we continue to have great success. Uh, if we fall away from that, we will be um, hit with a lot of problems, I believe. Now, your dad was the one who started this, right? The values being so important. He did in 1981 because he had studied great leaders all of his life and um, not just business leaders, but church leaders, military leaders. And the common denominator he found in studying all these great leaders is that they all had clarity of values. Mm-hmm. And then they put those values in writing and they made sure no matter who they were doing business with or spending time with, people understood what their values were. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, neighborly sounds like an amazing community to be a part of. Um, and I know you, you guys have franchisees. So how can someone maybe interested in franchising with you go about joining your company? Yeah, well, we, we are always looking for great people. And we say we have a lot of white space to fill, even though we have 3,700 franchisees today. So the best way would be just to, again, to go to my website. It's so easy, uh, dinadwyerowens.com. And there's a franchise info button. And it's not obligatory. They could just go to that franchise info button. And one of our franchise um, directors would be happy to just get on the phone with them and help them understand what it would take to be part of our organization. But we are looking for great people. And when they invest in one of our franchise brands, they basically get an exclusive territory. Um, So, for example, you know, here in Waco, we've got... uh, Many of our brands are represented. I use I use them on a weekly basis because my home <laughs> a lot of the stuff. But if you think about uh, the local grounds guys franchisees, so he would have uh, a territory that's exclusive to him. Sometimes the marketing um, crosses over from one territory to the next, which is uh, beneficial to each one of the brands. But it's a beautiful thing, and the you know the the investment in a franchise brand on average, really costs no more than the investment in a really nice vehicle that we buy today. Mm. So yeah, just go to dinadwyerowens.com and just hit the franchise info button. Awesome. Now, what are some ways that someone could influence their community at work or in their personal lives, building off of the idea that values are integral to having a positive community environment? 
you know, it starts with the individual's leadership. So as leaders, we're all responsible uh, to, to, again, know our values, but then to lead with our values. And beautiful things happen, Jordan, when you do that. It, it's funny because there are a lot of opportunities I've received over the years and, you know, God's put them in my path, I'm sure. Um, but had I not been committed to our values and been practicing our values, I don't think those opportunities would have been um, available to me or right for me. Uh, one of the biggest opportunities that comes to mind is I was invited to be the second woman to chair the International Franchise Association, which is the world's largest franchising organization. Um, it's been around for 55 years. And I, I didn't buy for that position. I, I was invited to be part of that position. So when you really work hard to lead with your values and you do your best to contribute to whatever community you're part of, people recognize that. And um, frankly, you become a magnet because people want to know what it is that you have. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you, gives you the clarity and direction about your life because so many people are wandering. You know, they're lost. And that values helps keep you clear about your North Star, you know, what the direction is. So it, it, and it benefits in so many ways. I think about our associates here and, and how many stories I've heard from people in the community who have bumped into one of our associates. Let's say at Kohl's, Kohl's department store, I'll never forget this one. One of our AirServe team members was wearing his shirt. He had been uh, at Kohl's earlier in the week and purchased some uh, items and then, then realizing when he got home that one of the items that he purchased never was uh, rung up. Mm. So he marched back, you know, took himself back to the store because he wanted to make sure he paid for that item that he came home without paying for, stood in the line and insisted that he get to talk to a manager because the clerk said, oh, don't worry about it. And he said, no, 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 I, I'm going to keep the item and I need to pay for it. It's not <laughs> right for me not to. And a woman standing behind him uh, just observed everything that was going on. And she came back and, and wrote me a letter and said, so impressed with one of your, your employees. Mm. And wow, what if every company was teaching their employees to live with the values like that young man mm. demonstrated in front of me? And Jordan, I, I get those a lot, and not mm. just in, in Waco, in our you know neighborhood, uh, in my, my backyard, but I hear it from all over the country and even across the globe because we've got franchisees um, in Europe and some other places as well. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing when the leader's leading with their values and making sure they're inviting people on their team that are values-based uh, leaders as well, and then holding everybody accountable to those values, including themselves. It ripples throughout the community in such a big way. Mm. And I know I'm running on about this, but uh, one other thing I've had a chance to do is to do a lot of speaking. So uh, Neighborly is recognized as a values-guided leader, and we are not a perfect company, so I want to make sure I give that disclaimer. We make mistakes every day. <laughs> Um, but we strive to reach that high bar. But because of that, we, you know, we get a lot of recognition for it. And a lot of um, organizations would like to hear more about how they can do that, too. So that's one of my, my, my blessings as a brand ambassador is I get to go share the story and help people understand how they can do it themselves. Now, obviously, I mean, your work community sounds amazing. <laughs> so then your personal community, you know, outside of work, and then you had mentioned earlier your church community, how have they influenced you and how have they or have they, I guess, been a, a ongoing positive influence in your life or have there maybe been some ups and downs with that? I think there's always ups and downs because that's life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and truthfully, I think some of our greatest learning, probably our greatest learning comes from the downs mm -hmm. where we've run into a struggle and, and maybe we're faced with uh, 
somebody who's been part of our community for a long time who we had a, you know, a great relationship with and somehow that relationship has gone awry and you can't figure out what you did wrong. And I think some of my greatest learning has been humbling myself in those situations and saying, what did I do? Mm. And, and how, what am I not seeing about myself that may be causing um, this friction in this relationship? And so it's kind of instead of looking at the, the splinter in somebody else's eye, mm-hmm. <laughs> that big beam that's, you know, jabbed in, into your own eye. So I, I think in life, we if we face, work hard to face the truth about what's happening in our lives and always look at ourselves first when things aren't going uh, as well in whatever community we, we're part of, whether that's our direct family, our church family, or, you know, here at work, um, we've got to hold ourselves accountable first. And if, if we think we've done everything we can do and that um, particular relationship in that community is not going well, then have a, have a, um, an, an honest and respectful conversation with the other individual. Cause usually it's, it's about uh, another individual. It's usually not right. about individuals. Yeah. And I think uh, one of our values at, at neighborly is that we never say anything about anyone mm. that we would not say to him or her. Think about that, Jordan, never yeah. say anything about anyone that you would not say to him or her, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I will remind myself when I'm, I'm feeling like, Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> having a, uh, one of those moments, you know, where I'm, I'm not feeling good. Things aren't feeling yeah. good around me is to make sure that if, if it's something that needs to be discussed with somebody else, I need to go to the person who can help me solve the problem versus talking about uh, the individual uh, to other folks who can't do a thing to fix the problem. And that's, it's hard, but it's, it always works out when you do the right thing. Mm. Well, and it, it's just a sign of being a good leader. I mean, it just shows that your leadership skills don't just, you know, sit at the office, but you've actually translated them into personal life, your church life. And, and I feel like too, community is kind of a test <laughs> for your leadership mm-hmm. skills, um, whether you want it to be or not sometimes, but you know, it's going to constantly kind of keep you on your toes. No doubt. Yeah. So I know we talked about earlier that, you know, your dad was really the one that nailed down this, this values importance, um, for the company, but is there anywhere beyond that, that your appreciation for values has come from, or is it really just your dad? Well, he, you know, he founded the company based on a set of values that were really more emotionally based beliefs, things like Mm -hmm. loyalty has meaning to our lives. Um, and, and one that I never forget was we must re-earn our positions every day in every way because as a uh, one of six kids that worked for him uh, at a very young age, boy, he was tough on us. But the one thing he taught us is, you know, just because you did something great yesterday, don't come to work today thinking you don't have to do anything. You know, it's, <laughs> it's day to make a difference in the lives of the franchisees, the employees and, uh, you know, the uh, customers. Mm. So uh, when, when he died, he died of a sudden heart attack after taking the company public in 1994. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took his original values, which were, again, emotionally based beliefs that weren't really very measurable, except for him. Mm-hmm. He would measure whether or not we were living up to them and we operationalized them. So I think one of the greatest appreciations for the values came from that exercise of getting clarity of um, how do we measure whether or not we're living up to the values? Because you can say all day long that one of your values is respect. But if you're you and your team members or your family are not clear about, well, what do we mean by respect? How do we define respect? Then it's going to be iffy. Um, because we've got people of all ages and backgrounds working for us. And each mm. of us might have a little different definition of respect than the other. So I think the greatest appreciation I, I have that come from the values is that you've got to um, make sure they're measurable and mm. uh, and then hold yourself accountable to them first before you invite anybody else to be held to those those values. 
What is some advice you would have for translating values into something that's measurable? Because I feel like that might be a tricky exercise for some people. It is. It is. And, and as I mentioned earlier, if, if folks want to go to dinadwireowns.com and download the free Create Your Culture Workbook, mm-hmm. one of the steps in that is creating your accountability statements. So mm-hmm. I still call them values because that's how we've had it here for 20 something years, uh, you know, since we created those. But I think it's that process of uh, getting others involved. And so mm-hmm. if you're, you're on a uh, team or part of a community that can sit down and help you get clarity about what are the values. Let's make sure they really are what rep- who we want to be represented as. And then, and then how do we describe um, how we live up to that value? What has to happen um, so that we know we, we've in fact lived up to the value that we say that we stand for. And it is, it's, it's a time consuming process, Jordan, but once you've gone through the commitment of the time, it makes life so much easier because then everybody understands that this is what we mean by the value of respect, then it's so much easier to hold yourselves accountable and then hold one another accountable. So that, that is probably the most important part of the uh, values exercise that I have in that workbook. I love it. And we will have that included, by the way, anyone who's listening, it'll be on the show notes page. <laughs> we'll make sure that that's there. Cause that sounds, that sounds like an amazing tool. It's time consuming. So I'm, you know, I'm here to tell the listeners that you've got to make a commitment of time. And, and it's one of those yeah. exercises that I would almost say carve out a half a day, uh, hmm. with whatever community you're trying to establish your values within that way yeah. we'll really have time to sit down with, with no other distractions or interruptions and get clarity about that. And once you do, and then you create that system around keeping them front and center, great things will happen. Yeah. As I say, it might, it might take time, but Hey, it's time well spent. <laughs> exactly. Otherwise you're, you know, you're going through life with so many frustrations because you don't have that. Right. 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 Well, before we go, um, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yes. I would just encourage you all to, uh, first get clear about who you are and what your personal mm-hmm. values are. And you can do the same thing with that, uh, create your culture workbook, a personal exercise. Because uh, in life, sometimes we get caught up getting involved in communities that aren't right for us. And if we're not clear about our own personal values, it's really easy to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's this popular group you want to be part of, but maybe that popular group really isn't aligned with your values. And you get in there and you're mm-hmm. frustrated and you're wondering why you're frustrated. Well, if there's no alignment in values, then you're just using all this energy because that's what it does. It just drains your energy. So my biggest piece of advice as we, we wrap this up is, is get clarity about your personal values first. What's most important to you? And what are your, your rules, your accountability statements? And then make sure you're getting involved in, the, in those other communities that are aligned with those. And in cases where you have to be part of a community, because maybe it's a, an organization, an association that you've got to be involved in because of the type of business you're in, then be a leader in that organization. and Try to bring others along and help make it a better community than maybe what it was when you started with it. We're glad you've joined us for this conversation about community and how you can be a positive influence on yours. If you've enjoyed the Work, Love, Pray podcast, we would love to hear from you. Please consider taking a moment to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Your support is very, very much appreciated and your review will help place Work, Love, Pray in front of other forward women and men who might like to join the podcast family. So thank you so much for your help. For more information about this episode, please visit our website, forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. And then click on podcast at the top of the page. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.